Welcome to the Dynamic Leaders Podcast, part of the Talent 409 Network. We are helping people discover their talent altitude. On this pod, listeners can learn about leadership and other related attributes from former and current successful business people, coaches, and athletes. Each episode will bring you a conversation with people that display the seven pillars of dynamic leadership. Someone who possesses those seven pillars has courage, drive and accountability, integrity, grit, great communication skills, a high level of emotional intelligence, and they can motivate others. We will also talk with individuals that use their athletic and competitive experiences to lead in life, in business, community, or in their family. This podcast is available on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, iTunes, and Apple Podcasts. If you have time, please take a minute and on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and review. Leaving a review really does help grow the show and helps other people find us, and we really appreciate each and every review. Today's guest on the podcast is Andrea Irve. Andrea is the women's varsity head coach at Providence High School in Charlotte, North Carolina. She is also the co-founder and the coaching director for Team Lacrosse Academy, which has locations in Charlotte and Wilmington, North Carolina. In this conversation, we talk about the academy, we talk about coaching and everything that's involved from the training and development to the recruiting side. We talk more about what the academy is up to over the summer, and it's a really interesting conversation. Andrea's doing some great things here in Charlotte. It's been awesome to meet her and have an opportunity to work with her in the past, so it was a lot of fun to get her on the podcast and hear her story and and let her share her expertise. And now let's get into that conversation. But first, let's sit back, relax, get comfortable. It's June already, so you know what that means. Time for a new lead-in song to get us pumped up. And this month, we're going to go with Kiss, Detroit, Rock City. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Dynamic Leaders Podcast. Today I have Andrea Irve on the line with me. Andrea, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, and let's get right into this exciting conversation ahead. So much to get to, but as I always do with my guest, I want to first give you a quick opportunity to tell everybody who are you. Andrea, obviously. I coach, I teach, I mentor. Primarily, my bread and butter is our company called Team Lacrosse Academy. Team stands for Together Educating Athletes Through Mentorship. And what that is, is an organization where we have lacrosse opportunities for kids of all ages who, you know, whether you're a beginner picking up a stick for the first time or an advanced player looking to challenge yourself. We want to give everybody an opportunity to, you know, come out and play, whether it's on a rec league or a tournament team where you're looking to get recruited, whether, you know, you're a kindergartner who are trying out different sports to the girl that gets cut off of her high school team and wants to still play. So we just want to give an opportunity to anybody that is looking to learn the sport. And we also mentor those athletes off the field as well. We think it's really important 
to take the skills that you learn, you know, why to be on time for practices and why we're doing certain drills and why you should help motivate your teammates, things of that nature. We want to make sure it's relevant to the real world and they understand how those skills can be developed off the field. So that's Team Lacrosse Academy. And then I also teach right now, I'm an elementary school literacy tutor and I help third, fourth, and fifth graders with their reading comprehension and things of that nature that, you know, they need a little bit more help with. And um, it's been very rewarding um, in the sense that these are the, the kids that need a little bit extra help. They need a little bit more hands-on, if you will. So I love working with small groups and helping them to achieve their goals and do well on those end-of-year exams that are coming up. So that's um, primarily what I do and who I am. And then obviously played lacrosse pretty much for the past, what, 20, 22 years <laughs> playing and coaching. So I'm sure we'll you'll have some questions about that coming up, but that is who I am. Awesome. That's a lot of teaching, a lot of coaching. You're doing a lot of the same type of things on a daily basis, but that all stemmed from a love of athletics and particularly with a love of lacrosse. Now, we have a tie that brings us together. We're both have lived in upstate New York. You're from a little bit further south than where I lived, but Tell us a little bit about athletics growing up and why that was important to you and what made you love playing lacrosse. Yeah, so I'm from Corning and obviously you being from the Syracuse area, you know, a lot of lacrosse people and it's funny, it's we always joke it's one degree of separation who you know in this lacrosse community, but it is true. I I swear on a daily basis I'll come in contact with somebody even here in Charlotte that know somebody in the lacrosse world and or from upstate New York. So um, I love that. You know, I love that connection. I love our community and just that whole lacrosse sector just always makes me um, excited to, to go on and on with somebody about who you know and who knows who. So it's always a fun game to play. But yeah, so growing up, we didn't have girls lacrosse until um, I was in eighth grade. So my freshman year, it was just one varsity team. And I was a little intimidated, you know, being on a varsity team with seniors. But all the girls I played with were amazing. You know, they took us under their wings, you know, helped us to learn the sport because they were right there with us just a couple years in learning the sport as well. And I just fell in love with it. I had played every sport growing up. I was a swimmer and diver. I played volleyball. I played basketball. I was a runner, indoor and outdoor track. I even did gymnastics for a minute. But it was lacrosse that I really found a strong bond with. It was not only, you know, the game, but it was the way the girls all became a team. And we all helped each other out. Like I said, learning the sport and developing this legacy now that's at Corning East where I went and, you know, going to the semifinals and just going through that whole experience really, you know, helped my love for the sport and catapulted me into playing in college, which at the time the recruiting landscape was not like it, it is today. It was a little 
uncertain. It was more for, you know, the D1 athletes were plucked out of the team very easily. We had, oh gosh, at least a dozen on the men's team that got D1 offers and went on to play. We had a handful of girls on our team that played D1. I was more of a D2, D3 athlete. I wasn't going to play D1. I didn't even really understand what the differences were, to be honest with you. But ultimately, my experience, you know, visiting colleges, talking to college coaches, you know, meeting different teams, it led me to where I ended up playing at Rochester Institute of Technology, a Division Three program. It was a great experience. I mean, I couldn't have asked for anything better in terms of the friendships that I made, the experience. I played, well, I graduated early, so I only played for three years, but we had five different coaches in three years. So it was, you know, had its pros and cons, but the cool thing was, is I got to see different styles which I think ultimately led me to being a coach, kind of took all of those pros and cons and decided, okay, this is, this is what motivated me. This is what worked for our team. You know, this is why we had fun. And that's really what helped me to develop my persona for, for how I coach. You mentioned how when you were playing varsity lacrosse, it was a relatively new program for mm -hmm. the women's sport. What did you get out of that experience playing with a new sport, something that's less established? You know, I'm sure there was times where you were like, uh, is this a real thing? <laughs> you know, and I'm just interested, like how that experience so early in your life might have influenced you throughout the rest of your life and some of the things that you did both in school and in business since then, like, did it give you a better appreciation of anything or did you learn any great lessons from that? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, as you were talking, I was thinking about how much the rules have changed and how there used to not be an out of bounds. You could run anywhere in girls cross and, you know, we didn't wear goggles. And now I joke about that to my girls when they're complaining um, about this, that, and the other thing, you know, the rules are always developed for your safety, but besides, you know, the rule changes and things of that nature, just being part of a larger group that is learning and growing together. For me, I've become like kind of a chameleon that I can go into any situation and feel comfortable if I'm, you know, going into a room of people and I, that I don't know. Um, I think it definitely helped with, you know, self-confidence being around, you know, being a freshman, around seniors, being in a program that just because the boys team was very well recognized, now the girls have an automatic respect. So that was cool being a part of that. And then, like I said before, I just loved being part of the lacrosse community and what it has brought me to this day, owning my own lacrosse business. But not only that, all of the different jobs that I've had and multiple career paths I've kind of stumbled down, you could say, it's all been because of the skills that you learn being on a team, whether it's learning how to get along with your teammates that you may not necessarily want to be friends with off the field, to being a captain and learning to be a leader that is respected 
liked and, you know, just those kinds of challenges that I see even now as I have my, my captains trying to lead teams and, you know, there's that little bit of struggle where we want to be liked, but we, you know, want to tell them what to do and trying to see how, you know, that relates from my experience, you know, how did I do it and how can I teach them? Cause a lot of these skills are intrinsic. A lot of, you know, I, I tell my girls all the time, just kind of go with it. A lot of the game is intuition. Uh, some of the things are hard to teach, but then there's the effective leadership skills that you can teach that aren't only for the captains, but anybody on the team. And I think just being, you know, entrenched in that lacrosse community or any sport sports team really helps you, you know, throughout your career after sports. So you alluded to this a little bit earlier when you were talking about the recruiting process and how maybe you just didn't really understand it so much at the time. And obviously things have changed. I mean, recruiting is different year to year as it is, but just given, you know, when you and I were coming out of school and what things are like now, it's changed pretty significantly due to technology and different things like that. But what lessons did you learn from that recruiting process that you're now able to use to help some of these girls who may be in the same situation? Like maybe they don't have parents or guardians that can educate them on that and they're relying on you. Is there anything that you can teach them now that you wish you knew back then? Yes, there are many mistakes that, you know, I went through that, you know, some of the coaches that I work with now went through and to tell those stories of, you know, what we did, I think ultimately helps the families to avoid some of the pitfalls. You know, like you said, technology is a big thing. These days, I don't even think I had a highlight video or anything of that nature. Email was a thing a little bit. I, <laughs> to be honest, I don't remember emailing. Oh, I guess I emailed to set up some campus visits, but it was more phone calls at the time. But yeah, I mean, nowadays it's important to be in constant communication and whether that is email or text message, you know, like you said, the rules have changed as they change yearly, um, the grade that you're in, the time that you can communicate, the dead periods, all of that. But the biggest takeaway I would say is communication is key. It is, you know, whether a coach emails you, it's important to be prompt and get back to them right away. Honesty is key. You know, if you're talking to multiple coaches and you start to become excited about a school and you're talking financial aid and you're really leaning towards going to one school, be honest with the other schools, um, especially when you make that verbal offer or, you know, sign the letter, national letter of intent. It's important to let the other coaches know. But, you know, starting through that recruiting process, there are so many things that you can be doing to get in front of these coaches, whether it's, you know, going to the recruiting tournaments, talking to people that you know that play at the different schools, getting film and highlight videos put together to share with the coaches. And then, you know, like I said, that communication piece is key. So just keeping these college coaches in the loop in terms of where you're going to be, what number you are, any campus visits that you're planning on going to, any updates on your GPA or SAT scores. So just constantly updating these coaches. And I know a lot of 
girls have said to me, well, aren't I being a little annoying? <laughs> and I, you know, try to explain to them, it's more important to be persistent than fall off their radar. Because the minute you fall off their radar and they have their recruiting lists of girls that they want, you know, it's it's a lot harder to, to get back into it if they feel like you've let the recruiting process go a little bit, you've let your foot off the gas a little bit, they might think that you're not as interested. So just keeping up that communication is, is the biggest thing. Yeah, I think that's a really important point with any of the smaller sports. And that's really anything outside of football or basketball, the persistence and the proactiveness of taking that approach is so important because coaches have a million other things to do, whether it's the head coach, whether it's the assistants, recruiting is obviously a big piece of that. But when you're in a smaller school or when you're at a smaller type of program or sport, it can be really easy to fall off the radar when you're not seeing highlights on sports center, you're not reading about it in national news outlets and things like that. So you really do have to put yourself in front. I think that was one of the lessons that I learned as well and try to teach people that I talk to is just be proactive, put yourself out there. I love that advice. I'm wondering the flip side to that. What do you think is maybe the biggest misconception or the biggest misunderstanding that current student athletes have when it comes to the high school to college recruiting cycle? I mean, I think a lot of girls who especially are newer to the game think that they may not have the potential to play at the next level. A lot of them lack that self-confidence or they think that because they're playing with, you know, Sally who has all of these offers and is, you know, heavily being recruited, they don't have the ability to play at the next level. And to those, I say, if you want to play in college, there is a spot somewhere for you and I want to help you find it. And whether it is, you know, a club, a club team or division three or, you know, a smaller school, whatever it is, I totally believe that we can figure out a place for you to play in college. There are so many new programs popping up. There are just so many great opportunities that I think I would love to see, especially a lot of my girls who lack that, like I said, lack the self-confidence. They think that they can't play. I think that it's, it's doable. And then, you know, those that may be really good, but they kind of sit back and they think that, okay, I'm good enough. The college coaches will find me and they don't do anything. They're not persistent. They're not going after these coaches are communicating with them. So to those girls, I would say, stop waiting around and thinking it's just going to happen. You need to do something about it because it is a very small percentage of girls who are just plucked out of the group from, from these college coaches to, to get recruited. It's more about, again, the relationships that you build by being that persistent person. So you play college lacrosse and lacrosse as a whole, it's not just the women's side, but it's the men's side too. When you're looking ahead towards a professional career, maybe there's a select handful of people or a dozen people that make a living playing lacrosse, but it's not like playing one of the major sports where you're making millions of dollars a year and you don't really have that type of revenue coming in. 
so I'd have to imagine at some point during your college career, you started thinking about, okay, well, what's going to come next? That initial period when you were getting close to the end of college or even after college, if it took you that long to really seriously start thinking about it. But what was that transition period like for you? Yeah. And by no means did I foresee myself owning a lacrosse organization when I was about to graduate. That was not on the radar. And where I am today, I'm very fortunate and very blessed with what we have going on. But when I was graduating college, I wanted to get into the quote real world. You know, I wanted to graduate early and start making money. And, you know, I was telling my professors I was going to be this big advertising executive. I pictured myself in, you know, a high rise that had a corner office overlooking the city with my business suit and stilettos running the show. And, you know, things obviously don't necessarily go quite as planned, but I think it's important that when you are getting to that point where you're going to transition to life, you have an idea of what you want to do. And again, it may not always go exactly the way you want it to, but I believe that each opportunity that you have leads you to where you should be. For example, I knew I wanted to go to Baltimore be in marketing, but I didn't know exactly what that was going to look like. So after I graduated, I moved to Baltimore with one of my best friends and was pretty lucky to get a job right out of college. It was pretty much instantaneous, which I know not everyone is as fortunate. Sometimes it takes a couple months. Sometimes it takes a couple years. Definitely a, a different landscape these days than what I think was happening back when I graduated. But again, at that point, you're kind of naive to everything going around you. You just are in this, your own bubble. I'm going forward. I'm, I'm doing it. I worked at a marketing company. And again, you know, that office view of the city um, didn't quite pan out the way I pictured it, but I wouldn't trade anything in the world for what opportunity I did have. I was, you know, more of an administrator in the marketing firm. I didn't do anything marketing or advertising related. It ended up developing into a human resources director role. So I did a lot of the hiring and firing and interviewing and all of that fun stuff. I did payroll and I learned so many different skills in that first job. I wore quite a few different hats and I met one of my best friends who was my boss at the time. She was an amazing mentor for me. She was only a couple years older than me. So to me, that was just, you know, an example of what a badass boss looks like. You know, Um, (laughs) she was 24 and she was running a company. And I I said, I want to do that. You know, I want to have my own company. Fast forward a couple years, I was there and I gained some experience after about three years in Baltimore. And then I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, where, again, I'm following my my other best friend to a nicer climate, beautiful, new prospering city. And I started, actually, I got into business with three other 
guys that I knew from Baltimore who were all business savvy salesmen, one being an owner of his own company who helped us to create this merchant processing company. And so for two years, I was a business owner. I was excited about being an entrepreneur and running a company first in Annapolis, Maryland. I did move back for about eight months to open up the branch in Annapolis and then back to Charlotte where I did get that office that I always wanted. It was, you know, the class A building. I wore my business suit and my stilettos and I, I ran the show. So I reached that goal, but then I realized that it wasn't really exactly what I wanted to be doing. Merchant processing wasn't my, my passion. You know, I started to read a lot of books about, you know, self-development and entrepreneurship and learning a lot more about business. And while I loved the business side, it wasn't quite as exciting as I thought it would be. So kind of segue into my next endeavor where my sister and I actually moved out to San Diego together and uh, she had just graduated. I was, you know, ready for a a new chapter. Um, I was excited about you know, still running my own business. We started a company called Promotional Prestige back in May 2008. Now I can say that that time in history, right? Um, that time in history where the financial crisis was happening. And I remember my, my roommate at the time saying, are you crazy? You're going to go start your own business in San Diego during all of this. That's not going to work. But to, you know, all the naysayers and to all the people who try to cut you down. I say, keep going forward. Don't listen to them. And I didn't. And we went out to San Diego and we had an event planning company. We had, um, we were staffing upscale events and conferences within the greater San Diego area primarily. And we ran that for, let's see, a little, a little under three years. Maybe it was a little over two years because my sister moved back to the East coast right after that. So I stayed in San Diego and to fast forward a little bit, you know, we kind of turned promotional prestige that ended up being more of a hobby um, towards the end when Jordan was moving back. And then um, I went into medical sales. That was another great experience where, you know, kind of going down that pathway of what do I want to do now? I've done, you know, the whole entrepreneurship thing. I've had my own business, but I want to make some money now. So I went into um, medical sales where I did make some pretty good money. You know, I was there for about two and a half years. But again, it wasn't my passion. And I realized that money, while it was helping me sustain my awesome adventure in San Diego, it wasn't what I woke up and got excited about. So it wasn't until, I guess it was in 2013, probably the summertime, when I transitioned into what I call coaching full-time. So at the time I was working in the medical sales industry, I was also coaching at UC San Diego for the, the college. I was also a middle school coach. And I was helping out with a high school club team. So 
needless to say, I was very busy. I would get up at 5 a.m. I'd go work, you know, 6, 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. In the, in the sales office. And then I would go coach for the rest of the afternoon. So some of those days, you know, I was gone until 9 p.m. And that was okay because I was doing what I loved. But there was a point where I was getting a little burnt out. So when I was able to coach full time and figure it out, that's when I knew that I wanted to go back to owning my own business, but doing it right this way and following my passion as well, where I could be an entrepreneur, but also do what I loved, which was coaching and teaching and helping out the youth um, of today. So that's kind of how I got to where I am today. 30 second break to talk about my sponsor, Sweat with Stott. What a great sponsor she is. She's been with Pod since day one and we love having her support. Sweat with Stods offers a number of different options to get you on a path to improve your fitness future. Everything from fitness, nutrition, and simple healthy habits. So what are you waiting for? Head over to sweatwithstods.com right now, and when you buy a program, enter the code DYNAMIC at checkout to receive a discount for being a loyal podcast listener. Now back to the show. That's an awesome walkthrough, and I'd have to imagine that it probably seems unique to you, and it obviously is unique to you, but... There are, as you know, and we've talked about, and I'm sure you've talked about with other people or seen, your path is pretty similar to a lot of other people where you're trying one thing, you're trying another thing. Maybe it's the same industry, maybe it's not. Ultimately, all of these experiences culminate together and you can figure out, hey, this is what I'm actually passionate about. This is what I actually want to do. And today it's never been easier and I throw that word easier around lightly, it's never been easier to start up your own company. Now, maintaining it and actually producing a company that is respectable and that does what your mission is set out to be is a whole different story. But you got to that point, you decided, hey, you know, I want to get back to what my passion is. And that was seemed to be always sports and lacrosse specifically. So I'm also curious, and then we're going to dive into the academy in a little bit more detail, but I'm curious if that relationship that you had developed with your first boss, you mentioned how she was awesome. She was, you know, a little bit older than you, but not too much older. And she just took you under your wing. That mentorship relationship, did that have any effect on what you wanted to do with team lacrosse? Or was that just something that just happened naturally? And maybe you didn't even think about it until I just asked you. Actually, that, that is funny that you bring that up. I guess I didn't think of it specifically in that sense, but she was a great mentor. I have been lucky that most of my bosses have been mentors for me. But yeah, absolutely. I think that having a younger female role model for myself was pretty cool that to see somebody succeed and be so confident in herself and what she was doing as a business owner, I think that definitely gave me some motivation, tools. You know, I learned a lot from her. So I think that that for sure brought me to, you know, where I am today. And, you know, she's still a, a badass boss having her own company. I think mentorship is huge in the sense that, you know, every girl that I speak with, I want them to know that I care for them and I want them to do well and whether it's you know playing lacrosse on the field or it's going off to college and doing well in their 
degree or just being happy, feeling like they're doing well. There's so many girls that have low self-esteem that I feel like it is so important to be a mentor, to be somebody that they can turn to. It's not always easy. You know, the issues that girls face, I mean, all youth today, the things that they face and the things they have to go through, um, I just want to be there for them. And I want them to know it's not just a lacrosse program. It's not just getting out there and playing. It's, it's really the coaches are there for you to care for you and to help you through whatever you're going through. And like I said, I've had some great coaches and I've had some not so great coaches and I've really channeled the positive feedback and the positive way that they affected me to create my own coaching style and my philosophy. You know, I work with a lot of great coaches and they're not all the same. Everyone has their own style. Everyone has their own philosophies on how to coach. So it's been fun to, to see these other personalities on the field, off the field, and how they can be relatable. You know, not everybody wants to come and talk to me about something. They might want to talk to, you know, Coach Katie or Coach Peyton, just depending on who they feel more comfortable with. Um, and going back to your question about somebody being just a little bit older and being that mentor, I mean, like my assistant coach, Coach Peyton, she's you know, a couple years out of college. So she might be more relevant, um, I guess you could say, to some of the girls who might have issues with schoolwork or going into college and deciding which college it is they're looking to choose. Whereas they might see me as, oh, she's old and she doesn't know. I hope not. I hope I'm not that old. But, you know, I'm just saying that the relevant factor is definitely a piece of it and just Um, I think it's cool that with our organization, we offer different mentors and, you know, so many great coaches that they can always reach out to. So the mentorship is obviously one of the big aspects of the company. What are some of those other aspects that you really highlight and really work at hard with the girls? Well, I'll tell you, one of the things that's kind of stemmed off of our lacrosse organization is also um, what's called a leadership initiative and it's through our nonprofit. But what it is, is an opportunity for girls to come out and learn, you know, how to implement some of the skills like we talked about off the field into whether it's working on their resume, working on their day-to-day interaction with their parents, finding an internship, what we've done is created kind of a, almost like a mastermind group for this, our inaugural class, if you will. One of the, I guess you could say, sessions we've had is the seven habits of highly effective people. And so there's also the seven habits of highly effective teens. You know, I had them all create their own posters and talk about how that relates to their day to day. So How can they implement it when they go to school, whether they're interacting with their classmates or they're working on a project, working with their, you know, mad at their teacher because of this, that, or the other thing, you know, how to communicate and how to really look at this um, properly. So I think that that's been huge for me is just talking about those habits and how you can implement them. 
Very cool. And as far as the landscape goes for the lacrosse community in Charlotte, I mean, what's the future looking like for not just the company, but for the sport in the area? Oh, it is blowing up. It is definitely a huge area of growth, which is exciting. That was that was one of the, the reasons why we started Team Lacrosse Academy out in San Diego was because there wasn't really an opportunity for girls to learn the basics. You know, we had a lot of club programs that were pretty competitive. Our issue was what happens to that girl who's number 24, 25, 26 on the roster who gets cut from the team and she doesn't get to play. You know, we wanted to give everybody an opportunity. So we saw that growth, especially at the, you know, even the college level. We had some girls that came out to try out for our team that never played before. And my philosophy being let everybody learn the game. We had girls that were learning the game their freshman year of college. So it was really cool to see it grow out you know, out on the West Coast and then coming here to San Diego while they're or, yeah, coming here to, to Charlotte, I knew there was established programs. But again, my niche is to grow in areas that still are new to the sport. For example, I started coaching. Um, I was hired as the varsity head coach down at Providence High School. They didn't have any feeder programs, so they didn't have any middle schools that offered lacrosse. So my goal right when I got here was to help to develop some opportunities in the area so that these girls could eventually have, you know, a little bit more experience that they could compete with these other teams that did have feeder programs in the area because you have quite a big disparity. You have some really solid, amazing programs where girls are getting D1 offers left and right, and then you have the other half of Charlotte that has programs that are still growing, may only have a varsity team. Um, Unfortunately, there's some teams that couldn't even get a coach this year or couldn't fill a, a roster. So there's definitely still some work we need to do here, but it's cool to be a part of that growth and to offer programs and opportunities for schools that may not even share lacrosse in their PE programs. So what I've done is, actually gone in and done what we call demo days. So we'll take sticks and balls and the cages into their PE classes and just stay there all day, do, you know, six classes and give them an opportunity to play lacrosse, teach them, you know, what a stick even is. A lot of them still call them rackets or I think it's a hockey stick or what have you. So it's cute to um, share the sport with the kids. And then we've also been lucky enough to have amazing coaches come on board to help with some of the middle school programs that we had one um, this year, which will be a feeder program into Providence and, you know, just more programs offered throughout the year. So, you know, we have our summer program starting here. Actually tonight is our first practice um, for summer. We'll have rec programs for K through eight and that's for boys and girls. And then from, you know, our rising ninth graders to 12th grade, we have summer club programs. So where we practice, but we also go to different tournaments in different, you know, different areas and give the girls an opportunity to keep a stick in their hand over the summer. 
Um, we'll have a fall program. And it's like I said, it's been really cool to be a part of that growth, especially now offering boys as well as girls to come out. Um, we've done some after school programs for elementary schools in the area, too. So we're just, you know, trying to, to help with that growth mentality. Um, I'm now that was more my focus with South Charlotte to help build the Providence high school team. And now that I live a little bit in North Charlotte, I'm trying to go more North, um, Huntersville, Gaston County, just trying to spread the love. Excellent. A lot of growth and opportunities. And that's super exciting for you and for all the girls involved. And really great to hear. As we segue now to our learning and development portion of the podcast, you have chosen one of our seven pillars of dynamic leadership to talk about today. That pillar is can motivate others. Why does that pillar stand out to you? Why is it important? And tell us what it means to you. Well, I think, you know, I've touched on this a little bit as we've been speaking, but mentoring others and motivating them to be the best versions of themselves really is what it's all about. You know, a lot of girls, they don't know what they don't know. They don't know they can be amazing. They don't know that they can go on to play lacrosse in college. They don't know that they can be a doctor, whether it's school or parents or friends that have kind of stifled some of their their wishes and goals. I, d- I don't know what it is necessarily that breaks these girls down, but it's my job and my opportunity really to build them up and to show them that they can be amazing at whatever they want to do, you know, especially with this leadership initiative and just the things that we teach them through our lacrosse sessions too. I want to teach them how to motivate others. So as soon as they learn something in order to really, you know, help it to set in, it's important to turn around and be able to teach somebody else. So I, I definitely like the girls who, you know, can kind of soak it up and then turn around and teach somebody else a skill. But not only that, the same thing with motivating. You know, I can only do so much as a coach to motivate you to want to do well in the field. And then it's up to you to, you know, motivate yourself um, to find that self-motivation, to see what it is that, what is your why? Why are you on the field? You know, is it to make mom and dad proud? Is it to get in shape? Is it to be with friends? Is it to score your hundredth goal, whatever your why is to really dig deep and find out what that is. And in turn, motivate your teammates. You know, that's really what is important about being on a team is to be able to find that inner drive and see that you're not alone to motivate your teammates and get excited, you know, get out there and have fun on the field. That's really um, one of my biggest philosophy is, is, you know, you're here to have fun. So don't get so down on yourself. You make a mistake. Okay. We'll learn from it, brush it off. Let's focus on what we can do. And so really those controllables is one of the things that I try to teach them. What can we control? We can't control the refs. Okay. So let's play our game, but yeah, just motivating, you know, not only yourself and your teammates, but you know, again, that inner motivation is, is what it's about too. I was recently listening to an interview with Muffet McGraw, the women's basketball coach at Notre Dame. Uh She was talking about how imperative it is. And she 
made headlines during the women's NCAA final four this past year when this first came up. And then this interview, they were talking about it in a little bit more detail, but she was talking about how there just still isn't enough women in positions of power these days. Listening to that interview and listening to what you just talked about with motivating the girls and helping them not only with lacrosse and maybe with schoolwork, but helping them after that and helping them unlock the secrets to life and what they might be able to accomplish in the future, whatever that looks like. And it's really cool for me reflecting on that interview with Muffet and then hearing you say that and thinking about how you're one of those people in a position of quote unquote power. I mean, you're not a dictator or anything, but (laughs) you are running your own business. You're a head coach of a varsity team. You are impacting the lives of so many girls who specifically Muffet was talking about in this interview are the ones that really need this the most, need more people to look up to, because if you don't have anyone to look up to, how are you supposed to know that you can do it? You know, there's so many males out there that can look up to all of these leaders throughout the course of humanity. I think it's just really cool. And it speaks to your character and the things that you're doing that you've gotten to this place and now you're willing to give back. And it's just going to like, you're going to look back 10, 15 years from now, I'm sure. And there's going to be so many of the girls that you worked with doing amazing things. And that's probably one of the most powerful things that I can think of. And probably what, you know, is behind all of the motivation for you to keep doing this type of work. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, even I'm hearing about all of these, the girls that I coached in, in middle school, back in San Diego who are just about to graduate this weekend and they're going on to play lacrosse in college. And I just feel super proud to, you know, not that I've helped them throughout their high school years, but just to have coached them in middle school and to see that they're sticking with it. And it's, you know, helping them to get into a college that, you know, they may not have otherwise gotten into without the sport. So I think that's really cool. And like you said, as the girls progress. I mean, even my college girls who are out, you know, in the real world doing amazing things, whether it's, you know, some of them are in grad school now, some of them are even getting their doctorates. It's, it's just really cool to see what they're doing. I joke that I'm a proud mama bear because <laughs> I am getting older and I am seeing these, these girls emerge into the, to the workforce and be part of, you know, make a difference in society. So it's really cool. It's really cool to see. Yeah, very cool. And so as a person to get to this point in your career where you're running a business, I mean, obviously you've learned a lot just by doing things and you walked us through that and you talked about some of the experiences that you had, but I'm sure you also do a fair amount of just personal development, whether that's reading books or listening to podcasts or articles, whatever it might look like to you. Can you share with us maybe one or two influential things that have really impacted you throughout your life? Yeah, so I was always a big reader. I had, oh, I got so excited about book fairs and being able to bring those little paper flyers home to circle all the books (laughs) that I wanted. That stems back from my youth, but I still want to have a book next to my nightstand. You know, I, I appreciate podcasts and I can listen to audible or, you know, read on my iPhone, but I prefer that paperback book. There's something about it. One of the books that I've read several times is maximum achievement by Brian Tracy. And it's an older book, you know, it's 
I think it's probably from the 90s, but it's still relevant today, some of the skills that he talks about. And I've definitely implemented them over the year and years. And even when I go back and read it, you can always pick something else out of it that just resonates with you for what you're doing today. Um, I think it's been an enormous help in a blueprint, if you will, of, of what you could be doing on, you know, the day to day. And some of the things that as we get kind of caught up in our daily hustle, we forget to kind of take a second and reflect on, you know, just the little things that we could be doing. A lot of the books out there are pretty similar in that sense. Um, There's also, I was talking about Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey, but he also wrote a book, No Excuses, that's also relevant. Admit, I can be a procrastinator sometimes. So I needed to to read that one to revisit why we put, you know, first things first and why we get things done today. And his books have been amazing as well. So um, I highly recommend doing some self develop, you know, that personal development, self help, if you will. That section is always my favorite in Barnes and Nobles. And then the other thing that I was kind of joking around with my boyfriend about earlier is that I still read some of those young adult novels or watch those high school dramas on TV and, you know, call it maybe some nostalgia. But I also like to be, you know, staying relevant with what the kids that I'm coaching, what are they watching? What are they reading? You know, I want to stay relevant and understand what it is that's going on in their world. So I think that that's a fun thing to do. I can keep up and chat with them about the latest Netflix drama or the, you know, the young adult novel that everyone's reading. So, you know, I said I was joking, but it was, it's, it's been great because I know what they're talking about and I can join in on their conversations and then I don't seem as old to them. (laughs) (laughs) That's a really amazing point actually. And I don't know that I've had anyone on the show who's ever said anything like that before where they want to, you know, we, we talk about all the time and we have talked about just like, how do you get better? But one of the ways that you get better at what you do, especially if you're in a coaching role is by being able to develop relationships with your players. And if your players are, you know, 13 to 18 year old girls and they read this and they watch that on Netflix or Hulu or whatever it is, like, doesn't matter what age you are, if you can make that connection, like you said, I mean, that goes a long way. And I know it's got me thinking now about how LeBron James tries to listen to the music that the players on the Lakers listen to, to build relationships that way with the team and everything. So the great leaders, like they're the ones that understand that it's not so much like the players will connect with you when you connect with them, I guess is the point I'm trying to make. It's true. And, you know, they say nobody cares what you know until they know how much you care, especially when I have 60 girls coming out, you know, for one practice. It's tough. You know, you want to make connections, but you definitely can't make a connection with every single girl in that one practice. So you have to make sure that there's time for everyone and that you do figure out how each of these girls learn, whether it's visual or whether it's me getting out there and showing them or speaking to them with 
analogies in terms of the X's and the O's and how it relates. So everyone learns differently and it's, it's about figuring out how they learn and how best to, to communicate with them and, and connect with them. Beautiful. I love it. And so the show is called Dynamic Leaders and we have a lot of people that influence us throughout our lives, but I always like to give our guests an opportunity to shout out a leader that has influenced them. Do you have somebody that you want to give a shout out to here today? There have been so many amazing people in my life. And right now, kind of, there's a picture of us sitting right in front of me. So I'm thinking about my business partner, Katie Williams. Um, Actually, just got married last weekend. So Katie Molinaro. But she's one of those leaders who, you know, I've met by hiring her as my assistant coach out at UC San Diego. And she was young. She was a year out of college. And she had this spunk about her that she just could not give up lacrosse. You know, she didn't want to leave that sport behind. So she came out and played on our post-collegiate team out in San Diego. That's where I first met her. And just knowing that she had this passion to give back. You know, she'd never been a coach before, but she wanted to keep with the sport and do what she could to help out. Um, And she just grabbed this coaching position by the horns. And she was so amazing to watch, not knowing her that well. She just went out there and she coached. You know, now in retrospect, she was channeling the coach that she had had in college. But she is a phenomenal person. And despite her age, she has an old soul. She has a witty personality. And she is just wise beyond her years. And I've just been in awe of her since the day I met her. And I couldn't be more happy to be her business partner. We're in our fourth year in business together. And it's just really cool that you can have mentors that are younger than you. You can have people that you admire that aren't, you know, in their 70s or 80s. I mean, she's, well, she's 27 now. She's just an amazing person to be around and has taught me so many things that I didn't know on the coaching field and now is running a successful branch out in Wilmington where she has 80 to 100 girls that she's working with right now. And just her go-getter mentality and the excitement that she exudes when she's on the field, no nonsense, you know, well, she has fun, but then she's no nonsense to her elite girls who are getting recruited right now. She, she definitely has one of those chameleon personalities too, that can work with the younger girls, make it fun. But when it comes down to, it's time for hard work. I hope you're ready for this. Um, she's no nonsense. So she's just been a great um, influence to me. And like I said, it's really cool to be in business with her and age is all relative, right? So I don't like to look at it that way. But I think that being around somebody that has the same mindset and passion that you do is pretty cool. Yeah, that's very cool. Great shout out for Katie. And I love how you put that age doesn't matter. I mean, you can get influenced by anyone at any time anywhere. So I think that's super cool and speaks obviously to the strength of your relationship. And before I let you go here today, I just want to give you an opportunity. I know you and Katie have a lot of things going on, but if you want to tell us about maybe some of the exciting things that you have coming up with the Academy this summer. 
Oh, yeah. So I had mentioned that we start tonight for our summer rec program, or I'm sorry, summer club program that we have about 60 girls that are a part of, which is really cool. We have seven different schools that we're representing and they all get to come together and share their experiences and make new friendships. So that's really a huge part of it. But also, you know, the girls that do want to play in college, it's an opportunity for them to, you know, go to some tournaments, talk to college coaches, you know, get on that recruiting circuit. And then we also have opportunities for the little ones. So K through eight, that's what I was talking about before. We have um, a rec program for both boys and girls. And right now we have programs going in South Charlotte. So down at Providence High School, we have programs in Huntersville and we have programs out in Gaston County. So it's really cool to be a part of all these different communities to, you know, meet new people, get a stick in some girls' hands and even boys' hands that have never played before and just teach them the sport. But I'm super excited for this summer. We have a lot going on um, in Wilmington as well. You know, like I said, the growth is awesome to be a part of. So I'm pretty happy with what we have going on. Yeah, that's great. And if anyone, especially if they're inquiring about the Academy, where would you send them? Website, email? Yeah, so the website is just team teamlaxacademy.com. So lax is short for lacrosse for those of you that are new, but it's teamlaxacademy.com. And then you can always email me, Andrea at teamlacrosseacademy.com, all spelled out. I'm happy to answer any questions and provide any information for anybody that wants to play. Beautiful. And I will make sure that that gets in the show notes for easy reference like I do with all my guests. But Andrea, this was an awesome conversation and really excited to continue to see the growth with the Academy. I think you're doing so many great things and I appreciate you coming on and sharing some of your story and everything that is going on with the Academy and just really appreciate your time today. Well, I appreciate you reaching out, Colin, and I have had a great conversation with you as well. So thank you so much. And that wraps up my conversation with Andrea Irve. We want to thank her again for hopping on the podcast and sharing everything that she did throughout the conversation today. It was a lot of fun for me, and I hope you enjoyed it as well. Please check out all of Andrea's information in the show notes, and feel free to reach out to her with any questions or if you just want to follow up from this conversation. Shout out to my sponsor, Sweat with Stides. Go to www.sweatwithstides.com to see what she can do for your fitness future. And thank you, as always. Big shout out to my listening audience. Thank you for coming back every single week. Thank you for leaving ratings and reviews. It's been an awesome ride. We're going to keep this thing going.